It is indeed the Saturday Coffee Clutch. Welcome, welcome everybody. Heather, it's good to see you again. And you, we're back. We're back. I'm so sorry about last week. I could, you know, airports, can I just say traveling Ugh. is getting worse and worse. It's either that or I'm getting older. No. I think both are happening. Nah. Simultaneously. But, oh. oh. Well, your note was so sweet to all of us. Do not worry. Well, we can clutch. I I There's more. The two years of, of clutching, and I blew it. I know. That's weekend. okay. We're back. Anyway, we are back. Great um, coffee. Thank you. And thank you for being here um, and showing up this time. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> the biggest political news right now, Speaker Kevin McCarthy is unable to lead what is happening. Oh, this is a huge deal. And we're gonna, we have about a week lay, uh, left yep. of funding the government. I mean, this mm. is, this is a, a huge, it's gonna be a huge problem. Uh, the Republican House members, the extreme conservatives, they're not really conservatives. They're not, they're nihilists. They're destroyers. Right. Yep. They ought to be called destroyers. They don't want government to go on. I mean, we're talking about uh, a handful of them right. are basically holding everything up and uh, making demands that they know are not going to be met by Democrats or even by moderate Republicans. Uh, so Kevin McCarthy, uh, to talk to, to talk about him as a leader or speaker uh, kind of uh, begs the question. He's, he's hanging on by a small thread, Heather. Uh, you know, the deal he made to become speaker was that anybody can basically have a vote at any time, any Republican, on whether he's going to continue as speaker, well, there's gonna be a vote, I'm sure. It's not looking good. It's looking very bad for the country. I mean, I don't care about Kevin McCarthy and I don't care about you know the Republican Party and the House Republicans, uh, but uh, I'll tell you from, I have been involved in at least two government shutdowns. Yes, tell us. in my life. I mean, the uh, in, one I remember from my life was Newt Gingrich and Clinton, but what was the, there was one before there that. There was one before that. Okay, people tell us, I can't well, wait. Well, people don't remember, but I was there um, in 1980 at the Federal Trade Commission. Mm -hmm. uh, the Federal Trade Commission was doing something on, on advertising directing at kid, directed at kids. Okay. Uh, the Republicans and several Democrats were very upset about it, wanted to eliminate the funding for the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, President Carter at the time went to his Attorney General, Ben Cimoletti, uh, and said, well, if they don't come up with funding for the Federal Trade Commission, what happens then? And Civiletti said, the commission has to close down until funding is available. That wow. was the Attorney General. Right. Up until then, there had been no Attorney General opinion about what happens if there is no funding. Uh, and I remember distinctly, I was there like yesterday, you know, the Federal Trade Commission closed. People wow, and that home. was unprecedented. 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 But, but so, but that almost seems logical. I mean, if they're, I mean, so what's well, happening today is not, you know, there's a real negotiation happening and we're looking realistically at budgets. This feels like the six or seven nihilists nihilist are doing- uh, crazies. Yeah, I mean, are doing- I mean, there's not. We're not on a real playing field. This isn't real no, negotiation. No, this is not real negotiation at all. This is this is. Let's be very, very clear about it. These are radical crazies who want to close the government. I know. And uh, they are able. They may be able to do so because uh, Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to uh, rely on any Democratic votes. Now this is insane. And he's got he's got four. Right. He's got a majority of four. Right. Republicans in the House. 
so I, I think we're going to say goodbye to Kevin McCarthy pretty soon. Now, but so, but does, is there any way that this makes, I mean, obviously it makes Republicans look bad, but is there any way it kind of helps as we look at 2024 or as we look at the breaking down of the country? Is it almost helpful that it's so bad that it's worse than it was? Well, I, I, think, uh, I think Donald Trump, uh, it's impossible to get into a sociopath's head, right. but I think Donald Trump assumes that the worse, the better. That is, if yeah. uh, the government shuts down, uh, yes, the Republicans Biden. are going to be blamed, but Biden is going to be blamed yep. too. And who's not going to be blamed? Trump. Right. Mm. I don't like it one bit. Can we move on to something slightly more positive? Uh, well, <laughs> everything's more positive. Than that? Yeah, it's true. Okay, so strikers. There are a lot of picket lines, over 200 right now. 256, but... I counted. Wow. Uh, separate strikes going on around the country right and now. And the UAW, I'm going to move my chair a little bit because I feel like I'm squeaking. Yeah. It's this, chair is, this chair is squeaking. It's a little squeaky. Mine okay. too. Yeah. Okay, um, so 38 more factories? Yeah, the Perhaps, UAW. Yeah, the UAW the might UA, be the, being... The UAW, what, what, going here's what's strike. going on with the UAW. It has a strike fund mm -hmm. to pay strikers part of the wages that they're lost that they've been uh, that they've lost while they're striking um, that striker fund is pretty robust big, yeah but it can't possibly go on forever right. obviously and it, and the UAW would like to keep the pressure on as long as possible on the big three uh, and so it's picking particular plants at particular, uh, big three, it's going after all of the big three, that is uh, Ford and Stellantis, Chrysler, uh, and GM. Uh, but it is doing it in such a way that it kind of spreads out the pain in terms of the fund. Now, uh, the question is, when is this ever going to be resolved? It, right. it could go on for a very long time. Is there progress happening, we think, a little bit? Very difficult to tell. Okay. Uh, this is all about um, both bluffing mm -hmm. uh, and also negotiating at the same time. Um, but here is the, the issue. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of economists are saying, well, it's bad for the U.S. economy. Uh, in the short term, it could be bad that it could be, you know, five to eight billion dollars, uh, which in terms of the overall economy is not all that much. Right. But if it results in a wage increase for a lot of workers, uh, that's good for the economy. Right. I mean, wage, wage gains yeah. are unambiguously Love to see it. <laughs> good. Uh, and you have here a huge set of companies, the big three, that have been rewarding their stockholders with stock buybacks, rewarding their executives with gigantic executive pay. I yep. mean, we're talking about 24, 25, 29 million dollars for GM uh, executive. We have not seen this kind of executive pay ever in right. uh, in history uh, relative to the average That's worker. Yeah. And I think until you see some change in that trajectory uh th this strike is going to go on. Okay. One um, of the big beneficiaries unfortunately is Elon Musk. Yes. Because uh but not for long. I think that if uh the big 3 do actually reach an agreement with the UAW, the UAW is going to turn to Tesla next. Interesting. Okay, good to hear. I, I'd like to see that. Moving I would forward. too. I'm going to get my too. popcorn out. Um, okay, so we should be a little worried that Trump is saying 
you know what? I'm not going to be able to make the debate again. Turns out I'm busy. Next week's debate. Next yeah, week. Next week, the Republicans have their second debate. He's not going to attend. I'm sorry, what's he doing instead? He is going to go to Detroit. Mm. And he is, if he's not going to be on a picket line, he may be. Uh, he is already putting up ads, radio ads, supporting the UAW. This is smart. I know. The UAW has not yet endorsed Biden. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the UAW, I doubt that the UAW is ever going to come out for Trump. But merely having Trump be out there for the UAW uh, is, uh, is, is smart politics for Trump. I know. Uh, because the... Working class, working class Americans are, you know, are basically up for grabs. Yeah. Now you have said, you've said on Substack a number of times, this economic populist messaging, it matters who is doing the best with it. It matters who is focusing on it. It feels like if we have an economic populist meter, and I see it, you know, the arrow going from red to blue, I, it should be in blue in well, my head. Well, it should be. I mean, Franklin D. Roosevelt, really did create a coalition, right. uh, including the working class. And he was an economic populist. You look back on you know, what he did and what he said, uh, he made very clearly his enemy uh, the elites of the economy. Right. That is the CEOs and Wall Street, uh, the monopolists. He, he talked about this over and over again. Right. Uh, and we have not had a president, uh, even a democratic president, since then, since FDR, who has been that clear about who is on his side, whose side he's on, and who is not on his side. Uh, and uh, you know, the Republicans have, have made major headway among the non-college blue-collar workers. I know. Uh, Trump has made major headway. Uh, the union vote in 2016 and in 2020, about 40% of union voters in this country went for Trump. And uh, and Trump knows that, you know, uh, that's that's a, a fertile ground for him. But we Dems know this. So what's the problem? It's the centrist saying, don't be too I think the progressive? Problem, I think the real problem, Heather, is, um, is the Wall Street Democrats. Right. They are a major source of funding for the Democrats. Uh, and the Democratic Party, uh, and maybe Biden included, doesn't want to upset the Wall Street Democrats. And then I feel like pollsters, you know, certain more conservative pollsters say, oh, it's not going to work. But then I feel like when Fetterman won. It works. In his hoodie. Hello, it works. And I remember back in 2000, Al Gore was not doing great, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even against George W. Bush, until Al Gore started to use phrases like, I am on the side of the of the working class, uh, it's it's the powerful versus yep. the average workers. Right. And suddenly, Al Gore did far better. Now he didn't keep that up. Uh, he, right. he, you know, uh, I think the uh, the Wall Street Democrats got Gore too. Uh, but that kind of that kind of framework is vitally important. I know, and they're for... biting our rhymes, as the kids say. Yeah. I mean, it's... Biting our rhymes? What is that? Yeah, they're, ste they're stealing. They're stealing, yes. Yeah, they're stealing our good lyrics. Well, I, I, I really think it may be difficult for Biden. It may never happen. But Biden has got to come off as an economic 
populist. I, I am on the side of working people. I'm not on the side of Wall Street right. and corporate America. So Trump has been playing the working class. He's been playing the press. I mean, who's he? He's been. I mean, he's playing Did all of us at this point. Did you see him on NBC on Meet the Press mm -hmm. last Sunday? I saw a number of clips. I mean, it was an amazing performance. Uh, I mean, even for Trump in terms of lying and then lying on top of lies and then lying about his lies and then lying about the lies about and you, the lies. He does it so well, he kind of, you can see him convince himself. He's well, like, but yeah, the, but abortion. There's no, way of, there's that wasn't no me. way of catching up with him. I mean, there, I know, there's that's been the a lot of criticism of, uh, what's her name, Kristen Welker. That's it. Who was the new Meet the Press host. Uh, and I understand the criticism, but, but you know, she couldn't keep up with it. She, she was steamrolled. I know. But, you know, to be steamrolled, you've got to be able to even get up. Mm -hmm. But uh, Trump on a one-to-one -one oh, interview. dominates. Not only does he dominate, but his lies come out at such a gush. Mm -hmm. It is impossible to, to do anything about it. We've never seen anything like this in American politics. He, he is not only shameless as a liar, he does nothing but lie. Mm. And then the, the media says, this way, please. Feel free. Yeah. Well, Are you comfortable? I mean, NBC Let's get you a better seat. You know, gets a lot of ratings. I mean, the and you know, this is the problem. It's a collusion between mainstream media yeah. and Donald Trump, uh, in a way, against the public. Uh, well, let's see what this happens. This is what happened in twenty sixteen. Yeah, he took all the oxygen out of the air. Out of the air. Yeah. Uh, in twenty twenty, didn't happen quite as much. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, some good headlines in our feeds. I mean, actually, actually, they weren't as high up as I'd like, but there were some good wins this week. Good. In terms of special elections. Oh, good. And the great thing about that is, so we saw in Pennsylvania and in New Hampshire in the House, um, some Democratic wins where we didn't necessarily know they would happen, right, statistically speaking. But what's important to remember is that these specials, are more predictive, or can be, or have been, than the national polls. Well, and this, almost anything is more predictive than the national well, polls. Well, I know, but the, but there is a self-fulfilling property. I feel like the polls that we keep talking about in Trump's wedding, I think, you know, yeah, they're not predictive, but they are kind of a... They do feed a story yes, exactly. that can be very powerful and very damaging if the polls are going in the wrong way. Right, but so this is good. We want to be flipping houses we want to be overperforming i mean i'm liking now it didn't there wasn't shouted from the rooftops there were some people i follow on twitter chris hayes mentioned it not a lot of discussion about right. it right um in fact uh you look at some special elections around the country uh and you do see a pattern um the democrats are doing very very well yeah independents are moving to the democrats mm -hmm. in very impressive ways mm -hmm. um most people who are independents don't like Donald Trump. Right. And if they register as Democrats, so much the better. Right. right. And that may be the pattern. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I mean, it's a, right. it's a year to go, uh, a little more than a year to go. We don't know, you know, polls mean nothing right. at this point in time. Right. Uh, but uh, let's, I mean, the, the, it's so, the stakes are so high that I, you know, I can't help but get worried. I know. I think we all have to be worried. It is interesting um, trying to analyze what's happening and is it increased voter turnout on the side of Dems? And I read a couple people who were saying they really think it's messaging and persuasion well, um, a lot more of it, than increased numbers. It, a lot of it is. Um, we don't know in terms of increased numbers. The big question to me is young people. 
mm-hmm. you know, 18 to 24 yeah. year old, are they going to register to the extent that they, you know, they really came out in 2018 and 2020? Uh, and to a significant extent in 2022. Yeah. Uh, are we going to see the same kind of youth vote? Uh, hard to see that kind of youth vote with an incumbent. Now, they came out in 2022, but you know, Biden is getting this rap that he's old, feeble, that he's not with it. And if you say that over and over and over and over again, yeah. then people, young people particularly, start to believe it. And that worries me. They don't know how progressive he is. Yeah. It worries me, but there's time. I there think. is time. And there's some good groups out there, I mean, that are trying to get the messages out to young people. Well, you know, Heather, what, what also concerns me is that the media, in their desperate, you know, uh, both sidesism, mm-hmm. you know, false equivalence kind of horse race, uh, they are, uh, and I see this headline always, and it's always in the first or second paragraph of these political stories. Uh, It's, uh, well, uh, Biden is old, and that's what's his major problem. And Trump's major problem is that he's got these criminal indictments. Right. And so that's... Oh, those are equal. (laughs) Also, by the way, Trump is not young, no, Relative and by the Biden, way, if three talking, years difference. If you're talking about mental competence, right? I mean, Biden is light years ahead of him. I know. I mean, uh, you know, Trump. Trump really, had some gaffes the other day too, but they don't. Talking about Obama, I don't know if you saw that. Well, I, it's interesting. This is uh, again. I wish the media would focus a little bit more on Trump's um, brain Me too. problem. Well, but the positive thing is, young kids aren't looking at the media. I mean, some of them are, but a lot of them get their news through what's called incidental exposure, or They're, or nothing. Media. And inequality media, but that's incidental exposure. They're moving around on their phones on TikTok. Boop! Up comes a video that yeah. happens to have some news in it, or happens to have an educational bent, and it's smushed in between, you know, things about shoes and where to get good sushi. Um, so I don't know. So, okay, fine. So let's meet young people where they're at. And then let's also handle the news problem. I see them as slightly different and <laughs> well, we're going to be busy. <laughs> well, let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Now, I had an idea. You are going to, I roll. So here's my idea for a new segment for the clutch. Uh-oh. dun to da dun I don't have a song yet. The okay. policy win of the week. <laughs> are you loving it? That's very exciting. <laughs> Am I such a Democrat? How's policy, my messaging? Policy win of the week. Well, so a cool well, yeah. thing happened in San Francisco. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I can't even sit in my chair. Well, so a cool thing happened in San Francisco. So three years ago, the voters, yay voters, passed what's called an executive pay tax. Now, this is cool. You talked earlier about executive compensation being through the roof, not tethered to worker pay. So in San Francisco, also there's a version of this in Portland, by the way, the people passed a tax which says, I love this, CEOs who make 100 times or more the median salary of the company's employees should be taxed. A hundred times. I mean, can you fathom a hundred times? And I know a lot of companies are 200, 300, 400 times. Um, But basically what's so interesting this tax affected ultimately. This is in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. It affected 150 companies. So this is the first time they've run the numbers, and it's happened. And for the fiscal year of 22 to 23, um, 206 million dollars was collected, and that was at the upper, way upper end of what they That's were anticipating. Impressive. That's very impressive. But to me, that is a policy 
that speaks to what the issue is. It is the definition of progressive. I mean, depending where we put the money back to. Um, and so that is a policy win of the week. And, and it is a big win. And <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, it is. I'm, I'm getting excited just sitting here. It seems and, like it. But if you took it to other cities and you said, That's okay, it. we're going to take the same model and we're going to have a, uh, a vote on whether the tax, the corporate tax, mm -hmm. should be higher for companies that have a big, a bigger discrepancy between CEO pay and the pay of the average worker or the typical worker. That's terrific. Yeah, and hopefully down the line, right? There'll be a merging. There'll be a shortening of the distance. Well, or, a, or there'll be more up. money coming into the cities. Both for education, for infrastructure. No. Okay, Great. well, we can hope. Okay, I'm I'm enthusiastic. I don't know. Okay, I'll try and find an even more exciting policy no, win for next policy... week. <laughs> well, before these are we going to be huge. A, I'm going to find the best one. Part of our, you know, weekly clutch. <laughs> Let's just make sure that we have a, okay. you know, something as as exciting as the one you just came up with. Okay. Well, it's good to be back together. Yeah, and buckle uh, up for the week. Just buckle up. Don't take airlines if you're going to. Oh, I up. know. And uh, but Heather, it is it is a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be back in the clutch. And uh, everybody out there, thank you for joining us, Heather Lofthouse. Thank you for your extraordinary policy ideas. <laughs> Robert Reich, thank you for the coffee for and, showing uh, up. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs>